guys and welcome to today's episode of Give It The Beans. Now, a little bit of a different episode, um, but one that I certainly couldn't give any expertise on, uh, being a male bodybuilder. We have someone who is in the business of making bikinis and I'm, it is my pleasure to introduce Mandy from Black Ice Bikinis. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. Thank you for having me on today. Oh, absolute pleasure. Um, this was requested by a lot of the listeners, but at the same time, a lot of actually uh, my clients. Uh, I'll work with a lot of, say, first-timers. Uh, I think that it can be very, very overwhelming, but we will get into that soon. I'm going to stop talking here because a lot of people get sick of my voice. What I would love for you to do is, could you give us uh, an introduction of yourself, your journey, your business, what it's about? Don't make it brief. Make it quite long. Let's get to know you. Um, that would be fab. Yeah, so um, my name's Mandy. I um, started the business in 2015. I um, I used to be a competitive swimmer, and I was given a scholarship to swim in America, um, where I studied fashion design. So I have quite a vast design background anyway. I um, studied mainly like women's wear, men's wear, and then moved into bridal. And then over there, I became a stylist for menswear and worked. I kind of used to help in the alterations department whenever I could because I just found it all a bit fascinating. After my visa ended, I moved back home. And obviously, being a swimmer, I was a bit um, lost in a gym. I was more obviously water training based. And as as a retired swimmer, the last thing I wanted to do was then carry on my fitness journey in swimming. So I decided to keep like going to gym, like giving it a go at the gym. Sorry and. Yeah, one of them, I got a PT, started training under him for a few sessions and then fell in love with weight training and somebody introduced me into the world of bodybuilding. So I um, I think it was around, I think it was one of the first, I think it must have been May, it was a UK BFF show, like a Northern qualifier in Warrington. I attended that and yeah, just saw the girls on stage and just wanted to give it a go. So um, I started prepping for my first show. And I actually attended like a group posing session and I was training for body fitness at the time. So I didn't think I suited bikini. So I went into body fitness and somebody must have seen me coming a mile away because they said, oh, I have a secondhand bikini. You can buy it off me. They're usually like 600 pounds, uh, but I'll do it to you for like 280. And I was like, oh my God, okay, amazing. So I bought this secondhand bikini. Oh, it was awful. It was just so poor. It was so poorly made. It was like there was crystals hanging off there. Like I was just obviously completely scammed. And um, about four weeks into my prep, my coach just said, you haven't got the size to be body fitness. We're going to have to move you into bikini which was obviously the right decision, but it also meant I needed a completely different bikini because um, figure and bikini are completely separate. So um, being body fitness, that was classed as figure. So I just really didn't want to drop the money on another bikini, especially when the last one I got was so crap. So I just started looking to see what else I could do. And my mom basically pulled me to the side and said, if you can't make a bikini after four years at uni, then your degree is wasted and I just thought actually she's got she's got a point there so I was actually working um as a job as an import merchandiser like running production lines for like Primark and Topman at the time and I decided to start making my first bikini and then I competed in September um I came like 12th I didn't do great but I 
along the way started thinking, oh, I'm really going to give this a go. So I plucked up a, a business card and started handing around backstage at my show, being like, yeah, I make bikinis. Yeah, I make bikinis. Oh, I've made, I've made loads of bikinis. And I got a couple of orders backstage and then I handed my notice in. I think two weeks later at my job with no no regard for how I was going to make money. I just, I was just very impulsive and I just was like, yep, yeah, I'm going to be a bikini designer. And it kind of just snowballed from there, really. My boss was actually quite um, smart. And I, when I was in his office and I handed my notice in, he just said, are you really going to do this? Like, give up a full-time job to be a bikini? And I was like, yeah, I only worked hard. I need to make eight bikinis a month to, like, match my salary here. And he was like, well, it's all good making eight bikinis, but do you can you sell eight bikinis a month? To which I didn't even know eight bodybuilders at the time. So I was just like, oh, bloody hell, what have I done? Like, so I ended up um, pushing myself through a PT degree, like dead quick, like in 10 weeks. Um, And from there, I basically became a PT, which basically funded my life whilst the bikini business grew. And then about two and a half years ago, I quit being a PT and now I am just a sole bikini maker so yeah it's kind of just snowballed from there really that's awesome i love your story um not a lot of people know i used to be a swimmer when i was back in the way back in the day i used to swim for a club called city dundee but i had to give up because at the time i chose between swimming and basketball i went basketball now now i'm officially retired from basketball and (laughs) and now it's bodybuilding but um great i I love it when someone comes on the podcast and says you used to swim because I, i totally get what you mean coming from more of like a, a water-based sport, a water-based sport. What what year was it that you competed in? Uh, in bodybuilding, or swimming. Sorry. Not in, sorry, yeah, not in swimming. In bodybuilding, because you, like, oh, you said uh, sep- September two thousand and fifteen. Um, it yeah. was actually September twentieth because that's what we say the business birthday is. But it was the um, I think it was Birmingham UK BFF qualifiers. Okay, wicked. Now. I know there's a lot of listeners out there that they're maybe thinking about competing or they're at the start of their journey. They know they want to compete in a few years and probably the last thing, on, well, maybe it's not the last thing, maybe it is the first thing on their mind is sort of what the bikini should look like. And mm-hmm. I like when I discuss to, to newbies about federations and maybe that there might be a, a difference, they kind of, they find it very overwhelming and confusing. So, what I thought would be be good for yourself to do because you're in this business is, you know, I guess what sort of advice you would give to a first timer in regards to, to choosing a bikini and and does it really matter the federation or if they want to do a few? So the first thing I would say is obviously do your research. I think the first thing to decide is your federation because every federation has rules regarding bikinis. And the worst thing is on the federation websites, the written rules aren't always accurate. Like we've got right. federations where on their rule page it says no thongs or, or G-strings, but then they'll allow our smallest coverage, which is considered, it's called a T-back or an American Pro. Right. But to anybody else, you'd think that's a thong. So right. it's... We know exactly what we can get away with with each federation. So obviously, I think the first step is to choose the federation or federations um, and then check their rules. If by any doubt you're unsure, which it does happen a lot, 
um, because what they might have done is at the start wrote the rules and then never re-looked at them as the years have grown right. and the trends have changed. Like they might have started with a lot of coverage on the glutes and then over time the girls have like kind of pushed it to see how far they can take it to the point where now they don't care but they haven't updated their rules. Okay. So the best thing to do is choose your federation. If you're going to compete with different federations, choose the federations and then whichever federation has the strictest rules follow the bikini styling for that federation and then see if you can wear that one for the rest of the federations. Otherwise, you're going to be looking at having to get two different bikinis, um, which then obviously adds up. So then you might need to relook at which federation you really want to compete with. Yeah. Um, so always ask us, though, we'll never put you in a bikini that we know legally you can't wear. So we always ask, for instance, on the order form, what show are you competing in? What federation are you competing with? And what category are you competing with? That way, if you order something and we know it's not allowed, we'll need to contact you and say the brief you've selected is incorrect. Um, for instance, Two Bros Pro doesn't specifically say this in the rules. However, it is an American trend federation and the Americans wear a triangular cut with connector bottoms and the smallest glute coverage. Okay. So we like you would have to basically wear that in the bikini category for them, yeah. but then say... UK DFBA or UK BFF, they don't allow that little coverage. You'll need to wear a bigger brief, which then means Two Bros Pro and UK BFF are not a great partnership as two federations to compete with unless you're buying a second bikini. Yeah. So it, it depends on your budget. It depends on, obviously, your financial situation. We don't like to have any girl have to spend money on two different bikinis, especially as a first-timer. I can't tell you the amount of girls we've had as first-timers who then just decide that competing is not for them. I'm, I'm that person. I do not particularly like competing myself. Every time I've done it was to promote a business. Um, so the thought of me having to step on stage with multiple federations with multiple bikinis and then have all these leftover bikinis at the end of my season with no regard to wear them again. It's obviously not financially wise. Yeah. So we'll try aid you into the direction of what bikini you can wear with what federations. And then we'll just kind of like play by ear, see how it would work that way. But the biggest thing is obviously to check your federations and then to check what bikini you can wear with those federations. Yeah. And I think there's probably a lot of listeners that, that they're going to go, oh, God, what does glute coverage mean and, and whatnot? But what I like about what you said is that you'll sort of let them know. And, oh, yeah, always. And, and that that should take the overwhelm away. So I would hope that if there's anyone listening that's unsure, they would get in contact with the ASAP because as a, I mean, I guess as a, it would be one of my drawbacks as a coach. If you said, what is my weakness? It would be, have no idea what the rules are for bikinis from that federation and that federation. So I'll always, from now, I'm going to say, listen to this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> you know it's, I mean? it, it's hard, really, because obviously we'll get messages from people saying, I'm competing with these, but it says in the rules that I'm not allowed to wear this, or I've got to wear a V. Like, I'm pretty sure the two bros ruling says that you need a V-shaped bikini, which to us would imply you need a V-cut knicker, which is an all-fabric knicker with a V-front. But by V-shaped bikini, they mean a high-rise bikini, something that kind of sits up near the belly line or the, the high hip and drops down to the low hip rather than a straight across cut bikini that sits on the lower hip. That's what they mean by V-shaped bikini, a high leg 
but obviously in the bikini makers world, a V-cut bikini is a full fabric knitter in the shape of a V. So that's where the confusion lies, and that's the problem we get with a lot of competitors, because they just read these rules straight off the bat and interpret it their way, then relay it to us, but we actually know. So it's always just best, if you ever are unsure, to just, just check with us. Even if you don't choose us as a bikini maker, we're always happy to offer advice because we know the federations in the UK, especially inside and out. So it's just easier for us and takes out a lot of the guesswork if you yeah. just ask us and we tell them. I guess it's actually quite confusing for yourself if they've ha- if they have old rules that are confusing people, but then yeah. but then you actually know what's allowed and not allowed. All this- um, it was it was literally just last week. Um, I had a client. Um, message regarding competing with one federation and then the other and then she wanted to compete with two bros but then I think she wanted to compete with Next Fitness Model UK and she said I don't think I want to be able to wear the two bros bikini at Next Fitness Model UK because it says in Next Fitness Model UK's rules no thongs or t-backs or g-strings but I know Suki, the show organizer, and all of my clients have always wore American Crow, but I've never physically read his rules. Right. So I had to message him. I was like, can I just check I'm okay putting a client on? And this was only last week, but this I'm very confident that I would never get a girl disqualified purely based on a bikini. But yeah. like, like you said, when they write the rules originally, they might have, like, when Two Bros first came out, obviously that was a very new federation and was the new route to Olympia. Um, when their rules came out, all those bikini makers were having to deal with a whole new set of rules that we didn't understand and trying to get through to the judges and the organizers to find out what was specifically allowed or not. Because um, the first couple of bikinis we sent out on those shows, we had bigger briefs, and then the, it was the feedback from the athletes that were telling us they want me in smaller bottoms, they want me in smaller bottoms. And then from there, we understood what was allowed and what wasn't. And yeah. um, so that's the only di- that's the only difficulty when a new federation comes out. But other than that, like, yeah, the rules may be different on the website, but we know exactly what you can and can't get away with. Yeah, and I guess there would be there'd be nothing worse for especially a first timer to to put in so much work and then on the day of the the show be told, no, you know, we're not placing you, or you know, you you're we're sort of taking points away because your bikini is is not with the criteria when they've put in so much work i guess the, the major important point i'm trying to say is always check if you're going to do the sort of two or three feds yeah that there's a, I'd also... like, the first time as especially i just want to take the stress off them with this so i was on the judging panel at pca um last month and obviously i at first i thought not that i would ever be biased towards my girls because i'm very good friends with quite a few of the bikini makers in the UK but what I was nervous about was like I've never had to judge clients based on the bikinis but when you're judging the bikini regardless of what crystal coverage you go for regardless of whatever color you go for or stuff like it doesn't um, make a humongous impact in terms of we won't like it's so hard to explain like it does help like if you've got the correct color on that's really flattering um, and it sits you out and everything like that, then obviously it does aid that we want to be looking at you then. But in terms of if you've got the wrong bikini on, do not panic because it makes up such a minuscule area of your judging. Um, I can say 
I saw girls with like barely any crystals on a bikini um, from other makers and from mine. I'm like, literally, it does not make a difference anything in that. All I recommend is a good fitting bikini. Um, even if you've got less coverage, your nipples bulk your bum, anything like that, it does not make that much of an impact. Um, as long as you meet in the criteria. So obviously, for instance, UK BFF, thong back is a definite no-go. So if you walk out in UK BFF in a thong back, then obviously they're going to have some discrepancies with that. But in terms of like on the day, you're stressing out, your nipples are riding up your bum or whatever it could be, yeah. just that it, it won't make too much of an impact on your scoring. As long as you're in a, a bikini that covers you respectfully and, you know, it puts you well and you've got nothing slipping out and nothing on show, then you, you're fine no matter what else happens. Yeah, that's brilliant. And I think that hopefully that's quite reassuring to anyone out there who maybe, okay, I hope I hope that after listening to this, they, they do what they should. But if yeah. they still perhaps didn't listen, that they, they're, okay, right, I'm not going to be shunned because... I've maybe one no. the, the wrong bikini. Which definitely, is nice. definitely not. Like we just, um, it, it opened my eyes massively to, because say like you've got a category of 30 girls, we, and then obviously they've got, you're on stage times like 15 to 20 minutes. Yeah. Um, obviously I'm, I'm speaking more like from when I did it with the PCA. So obviously you've got, you all walk out in one group and your there's 30 of you and then you all get your time to have your center stage in front of the judges and then you go into iwaps and comparisons and stuff like that there is there's not a lot of time to get say 30 girls down to top six and so we're obviously looking to see the physiques so we haven't really got that much time to be critiquing especially on the bikini we just want to make sure that the bikini flatters your figure the best and complements it so obviously that's where like colours come into play, but a perfectly fitted bikini, like obviously lip slits, you know, nipples being too short at the front, all that is kind of off put into the eye, which then will hinder your physique. Yeah. So that's the sort of stuff that you want to be making sure of, like that your top fits correctly, that it's not too big so your nipples are out, or your nipples aren't too small, that you know it's it's borderline, you know, yeah. getting a bit too low, that kind of thing. So that's the sort of stuff that is more important and then obviously as you start getting up the ranks into like pro level and like you're trying to make Olympia that's when like the minuscule stuff that's coming into play like you know bikini colour for your skin tone and stuff like that um and like obviously like making sure the cut is correct for federation but in terms of first timers and, and like you know your first while you're still trying things out and trying to experiment with what federation you like or what kind of bikini style you want to wear that's all that's all just like generic stuff that you can play around with yeah, so if we were, I guess, for the listeners out there that, that maybe don't know that there's a difference between bikini and figure, I guess we should maybe kind of, if you're able to, to sort of tell tell those listeners, what is the difference between those bikinis and, and you know, what does, it, what does it help show yeah. off or emphasise? So bikini, um, so there's bikinis and there's figure suits and um, your bikini athletes will all be in bikinis and your figure and physique athletes will be in figure suits and then um each of those have the different stylings within the within their categories so for instance bikini obviously is your i I don't want to say entry level to bodybuilding but it's obviously the first level in terms of physique size so obviously this is your like more petite you know rounded delts softer look on stage 
um, nothing too hard or physically like striations or anything like that. And the bikini that would then um, complement that category would be a straight bikini top, bikini bottom. There is no connection between the two. So your top ties are is attached around the back underneath the lats and your knickers are separate from the top. Whereas a figure suit, your bikini top connects your bikini bottoms at the back as a crossover. Um, so obviously if you're in the bikini category, you won't wear a figure suit. And if you're in a figure category, you won't wear a bikini, you'll wear a figure suit. And that's um, the difference between those. Um, and then figure and physique obviously are the same style of bikini. So you'll want a crossover strap at the back with hooks that connect. Yeah, perfect. The reason I say that is because there's there's perhaps some aspiring bikini competitors out there that maybe they follow a figure girl and they just they constantly watch them in that bikini and then when it comes time yeah. to perhaps them getting theirs, they go, oh wait, I kind of wanted hers. So it's, it was just good to, for you to describe that difference, which is awesome. Well, the, the reason I first wanted to compete in body fitness was because I saw a picture on Pinterest of a girl in a figure suit and I liked the look of a figure suit better than a bikini and I went, I'm going to do body fitness. And I had no regard to watching any of the bikini girls because I just liked the way a figure suit looked. So obviously, I was but moving into bikini, I can't wear that style suit, so... Um, but we get all the information and stuff off them. So obviously, if you tell me you're in a bikini category and you've ordered a fix it, then I'll be right on the blower to you telling me, like, you need to change the thought now. Yeah. So, so throughout a, a dieting phase, you know, it's quite common for anyone to lose, say, between 8, 10, sometimes 12 kilos or more. And, and I guess some girls are there thinking, right, well, when should I maybe look into getting my bikini? Because if I get it too early, I'm going, it's going to be, you know, perhaps way too big by the time I end. So, What's the what's the process? You know, is it X amount of weeks and then they resend measurements ahead of time? You know, how does that all work? So um, we say it's never too early to order your bikini. You can always because you can always just place it on hold. Um, the latest we advise to ordering it is eight to ten weeks out. Um, we're obviously very busy and we work basically like a convey belt system. So your name gets added to the system when it's a certain time to start your bikini will start it certain times to decorate it and then certain times to ship it so obviously if you leave it too late thinking about your measurements changing yeah. you'll then have to pay a rush fee because you've just left it too late so the latest we say is eight to ten weeks out because our turnaround time is six weeks okay. so you'll want to have your bikini anywhere between two to four weeks out to practice in it if you've mismeasured, if, for instance, you've not come for a fitting and you've measured at home and there's a massive error somewhere along the line, that means you've, you've got time for us to then sort it. Yeah. I know a lot of people like to book in last-minute posing lessons um, leading up to a show, so that means you've got your bikini there to actually practice with your posing coach. Yeah. Um, in terms of measurement change, so how we work is we ask for a set of measurements when you first order, and that's whether it's 20 weeks out, we have some girls who take advantage of our winter sale that we do. So you could be ordering now in November, but not be competing until, say, April, which is fine. So we ask for first submission of measurements when you first order. And then if you've ordered anything above 10 weeks out, then we ask for your 10-week measurements or 8-week measurements whenever you are hitting that last bit of prep where you start your descending to your cotton stuff. And then we ask for measurements at four weeks out. And this measurement is just the hip bone. So what many people probably don't know is obviously you think that all your measurements change, but when you actually think of what is the bikini, what is actually touching you, um, obviously with your cup, your boobs might change in terms of they might get lower. Um, but what we advise is obviously if you've got implants, 
it ain't going to change. You've got implants, your bra fixture, that's it. If you've got natural breasts, um, what you'll do is you'll tell us your bra size if it's different from when you first. So, for instance, at eight to ten weeks out, if that's what we're talking as a normal odd process, at eight to ten weeks out, you'll order your cup size as you are now because 90% of women won't lose enough breast tissue where, for instance, they've ordered a D and now all of a sudden they're an A. Like, we don't really get that scale of drop. You'll normally just drop a cup size. And then we send out teddy bear stuffing with your bikinis. So you just fill up what you miss. So that way you still get a nice full cleavage on stage, even if you have lost breast tissue. And then as far as the bottoms go, all the initial measurements that you submit to us at 10 weeks out make the base of your bikini bottom. Nothing would change. So, for instance... Your waist, the bikini doesn't reach your waist. We just ask for it so we can get an understanding of your ratio. So we'll ask for underbust, which is your lats. We'll ask for waist, which is the smallest part of your body. We'll then ask for hip bone, which is the most important measurement, which is just where you start to dip out above your glutes. And then we'll ask for your hips widest part. We'll also ask for your crotch depth measurement, which is basically the knicker from front to back. So above the pubic line to above the bum crack. That'll give us the full length of the knicker. So that doesn't change. Your waist doesn't have any effect on the knicker itself. It just gives us an idea of if you're an hourglass, if you're straight, kind of gives us an idea of what your body shape is. Um, And then obviously your hips gives us what you are at widest. The hips is very important to us because it tells us if you've measured your hip bone incorrectly. Right. So I always look at your hips and then look at your hip bone. And there is a little, not so much like a sum that I make, but obviously doing this for five years, I know what the difference should be. So if I see that your hip bone measurement is close to your waist and not to your hips, then I know you've measured incorrectly. And I can hit you straight up at 10 weeks out and tell you, we need to do measurements together or you need to re-measure because you've done it wrong. And that reassures the client that we're on top of it. We know what we're doing. And we're going to fix things from the get-go. Yeah. And then at four weeks out, all we need is the hip bone measurement because that's where the knicker straps sit. Yeah. So, And then if we've identified the hip bone at 10 weeks out is correct, and then they submit us a hip bone measurement that looks a little bit too low, then we'll know they've measured it incorrectly or it is correct, yeah. whatever that is. And then we can contact them and say, can you remeasure? Or your bikini's going to be ready in two weeks' time. We'll ship it out, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, that's awesome. When when you kind of break it down like that, it doesn't seem too difficult. To... No, it's, it's not difficult in the slightest, but we like to get all the measurements on file to begin with, regardless of whether, you know, you're still got three stones will drop off, three kg, whatever it might be, because we'll just know them from the start whether you're measuring correctly. And also, if you're an hourglass, if you're like, if you're an hourglass, if you're pear-shaped, if you're straight like me, like, we'll know straight away because... It doesn't matter where you hold fat. You always hold fat in the same areas and then lose fat in the same areas. So obviously I'm very straight. I've not got much of an hourglass. So my waist and my hip bone and my hips don't really differ that much in terms like I'm just very pencil-like. So obviously for me, that'll help then if I'm in a federation where there's not much ruling on bikini styles, I can then say to the client, oh, with your body type and... There's no strength. Maybe I'd, I'd suggest to you a V-cut knicker because connector bottoms just wouldn't really look good on me. Okay, yeah. And, and I love the fact that, I mean, obviously you've been in this for a while, you just, it, it, it kind of, it strikes me that you just, you'll be able to look at someone and just be like, yep, they need 
this fabric, they need that sort of bottom one. Is that is that right? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I don't know at what point it clicked. Everything just clicked in place. Um, I think maybe two years ago was when I really got confident with everything. Like the minute somebody submitted measurements. I would know they were incorrect and I would just go on their Instagram profile and be like, she's a 33-inch hip bone. And I wouldn't even tell them. I would just make them if it's to a 33 and be like, oh my God, they fit perfectly. And I, I just, I can just tell people's hip bone measurements from a mile away. Like I can just see that. And then the same with colors and the same with styles. Like if you're, if like you're pear shaped or if you're like very hip hair, then, you know, the V cut knicker is going to look amazing on you because obviously it sits super high on the waistline and it just elongates your legs. Yeah. and just makes you look like the perfect hourglass and it's it's the same colors like obviously if you're like for instance our girl Rhea she's got dark skin she's got dark hair she's got really nice features she's on so the podcast pass- today oh brilliant she, she's, she's on after you I'm doing it at one at five um, oh fantastic yeah awesome that's, that's, that's great yeah Sorry. so she, well she's in um, she's in Mexico still I think I don't think she's gone yeah. to Florida yet hence, yeah. why, hence why usually I do podcast recordings roughly about three but for her I say we'll do it at five because then it's twelve Mexico time. But I'll uh, yeah. I'll let her know that you that you were on. Yeah, so she obviously suits pastel colours because of her skin tone. So obviously with Rio, we just never really venture anything from like pastels. We don't really go too bold now. Um, but that was obviously at the start of my career and the start of her career. We started working together, so we played around with that. But obviously, like blondes blues reds really bold striking colors are always going to work so we cannot we can advise on coloring and styling and stuff like that and that was something you said i suppose in the pro ranks makes a makes a huge difference so if there is someone out there that's a a very well seasoned competitor uh, and maybe they are thinking of trying to break into those sort of those sort of ranks is there is there a general guide to you know, do girls that have blonde hair suit a different colour or brunettes or red hair? You know, is there a rule of thumb or does it really depend on the individual and their skin tone as well? Um, it does It does depend on the individual. I mean, the perfect example, um, I'd say, is Phoebe Hagen. Um, I've been making her bikinis for a few years now and then obviously she turned pro, I'd like to say 2018, I believe. Um, so her first bikini with me when she was turning pro was like a dark burgundy that was like her signature color that's what she liked to wear and then um, that was like a massive no like they were just like it's too dark for you uh we want you in bolder colors we want you in brighter colors so then the year after she showed up in like this mint green like we call it maldive green it's like a turquoise green and it just like blew like honestly she won one of her shows i believe and like just made the world a difference um, and obviously with every show we always get judges feedback like I always ask for the judges feedback if they have anything regarding the suit because we always need to adapt the more pros we get on our team the more feedback we get because um, obviously my athletes are the people who relay this to me so for instance with Rhea as well um, she's five foot two, five foot three, yeah. and her feedback was the back straps need to be transparent because it shortens your back length so right. all of a sudden then I'm having to go out and get transparent back straps rather than fabric because of a height and this is something I would never have known if I hadn't have been for Rhea competing in the pro rank so all these sort of stuff obviously if you are competing with the pro but it is all just trial and error and you have got to be very lucky or very like very gifted and like you know your physique got to be amazing for you to become amateur pro and then 
Olympia or something like that. Um, so you're always going to spend about a year in the pro ranks learning what you should and shouldn't be doing. And so, and same with the first timers and the amateur level, like you're not, like I said, you've got to come out guns blazing if your first time on stage, you then turn pro. Like you're always going to do a little bit of, you know, time as an amateur. And that's where you can make all your mistakes and all your, like all your flaws and stuff like that. My biggest recommendation is, um, if you are starting out and it is your first time competing, pick the color you want to wear because the more you get into this sport, the more people influence your decisions. Like I have girls who, whose coaches have to, what's the word? Um, agree the color the coach yeah. is like that's it like oh no you can't wear that on stage like it doesn't see you so like i have some girls who i won't make start the bikini unless i've had coaches approval because i know for a fact the coach is so strict that if i make this bikini on a whim and then they take it to their coach and then the coach goes no i don't need to wear that on stage then i've just made a bikini for nothing yeah. and it's never going to get worn and then i'll begin oh i'm not allowed to wear it is there anything you can do and i'm like so it's yeah. whereas as a first time it's your time to make mistakes and it's your time to do whatever you want to do so if you love wearing red then wear red if you love wearing blue wear blue like it does not matter even if you love wearing black just wear black because like i said the more you get influenced by judges opinions coaches opinions friends and family's opinions you know i mean it, it just it got it snowballs from there so really the only time you get to do it the way you really want to do it is at the start yeah. i think so I think that's. I think just wear what you like to wear. Yeah. You you yourself know what you look good in. Like, is I always advise on colors when if you don't know what to wear, what does your wardrobe look like? What does your current wardrobe look like? What do you, if you're going on a night out with your girls and you want to, you know, look really really hot, what and you're going shopping, what colors are going to be the ones that make you actually pull the garments aside and actually check out the dress? Yeah. Like mine's rust orange. I just feel my best in orange. So the bikini I wore um, in 2019. Was it 2019? Last year. Yeah, I can't remember the last time I competed. Yeah, 2019. Um, I wore rust orange on stage and I loved it. Um, so like I said, it's it's wear the color that you feel the most bombing. That's that's the best way. I, I like say that. Wear the color you feel the most bombing. I feel we've got to yeah. maybe coin that phrase for this episode. That's <laughs> wicked. Now. The one thing that, again, I suppose I, I don't know much about, you went into incredible detail that I think is invaluable for the listeners, but some of them will be thinking about uh, the design of the bikini, like the, the additions, the, the jewels or crystals or stuff like that. And mm. would you say that it needs to just be what you like? Or if someone that's a first-timer comes to you, do you say, right, well, we've got this jewel, that jewel, but like, could, is it that could be maybe overwhelming as well. So if you had advice there, what would that be? Yeah, so um, so I'll just say that obviously with the crystals, you've got most most designers that I know of will either offer a glass crystal and a Swarovski crystal. Some designers only offer Swarovski crystals, which is completely fine. But um, I know a few of us, like me and Georgia Rose and Miss Bikini Fitness as well and stuff, we offer a glass crystal, which is um, quite a lot that you can see behind me here in the video and then we have Swarovski crystals so the difference is um Swarovski is very expensive it's the most premium crystal um it has about 16 to 18 I think it's 16 facets so each side of the crystal 
there's about 16 of them and it's like premium quality but obviously it comes with a price tag um so we offer a glass we it's our check glass crystal which is just as bright and just it's not just it's shiny and it's really really good quality but it has about 12 facets um the way i like to kind of describe it it's not accurate it's not by any means but it's like having your phone brightness on like 87 percent and having it on 100 percent it's still bright you can still see everything but obviously it's just got a little bit of an edge to Swarovski. however on stage all bikinis are sparkly and i can tell you now I have never, ever in my life looked at a girl on stage and be like, she's been in Swarovski. She's in, you know, I, I can't. Like, honestly, like, from a, from a judge's perspective, when you've got 30 girls, they're all sparkly. So you can't really tell massively. Like, my athletes all get check glass bikinis um, just because that means they can have more bikinis from there. I just... You know, it just makes more sense. Like, it doesn't matter at all. I give my Olympians Swarovski because I think they bloody earn it. Like, so they can they can have Swarovski. That's a gift to them. But obviously, all their qualifier suits are all check glass. I advise every first timer to go for check glass because the worst thing you can do is buy a Swarovski bikini, which can come up to about 600 pounds and then you decide that you hate competing and you never want to do it again and then you try and sell it as a second-hand bikini but nobody looking to buy a second-hand bikini wants to spend over than 200 pounds so you've lost 400 pounds there maximum so it just doesn't make sense as a first timer if you are um a brand girl and you want to wear Swarovski and like you've got the, the money to spend on that then fine do it it is a gorgeous crystal there's a lot more color options in it yeah. um but a lot of the bikini makers who work with glass crystals shop to make sure we've got the best glass crystals on the market. So um, you wouldn't need to really go Swarovski if you if you think you have to wear Swarovski to win, then you don't. Like one hundred percent, you don't. And I always recommend my clients to go for check glass unless they specifically ask for Swarovski. Um, I have never recommended Swarovski. I think the only time I've ever recommended it was when purple was a massive issue for me and I could not get a true purple colour in check glass. So I would always then recommend 50-50 mix just so you could get the purple crystal. That's the only other time I would recommend Swarovski is if you can't achieve the colour you want in check glass, but you see it in Swarovski, but even at that point, there's never really anybody who chooses one colour crystal on the bikini. They always choose a couple, so then I'll always say, why don't you do a 50-50 mix? That way you can keep your cost a little bit lower. Um... That's kind of how I see it. Um, I know, I know, Georgia and Miss Fitness, they agree with me on that. Um, but obviously, some designers pride themselves in only using Swarovski. But I like to give my clients the option that if they don't want to spend the money on Swarovski, then they don't have to. Yeah, and would you say is there a a guideline for how much to add to the bikini, or is it you choose? I'll have fifty, or you know, what's what's it? Yeah, like? so we we do a level system. I'm pretty sure most of the designers have some sort of level system where you pay for a quarter coverage, a half coverage, a three quarter coverage, or a full coverage. Um, and like I said, it does not matter. Um, I've seen girls win with a level one, which is like a quarter coverage bikini on. Um, and I've seen girls win in a level four. It really doesn't matter. Obviously, um, the pros, I don't think I would ever see them in a bikini with not a lot of crystals on. Like, it's just kind of like the pros, you're, you're competing at top level, you should be wearing a top level bikini. That's kind of how I see it. But in terms of, 
you know, the quality of the crystal, like my girls wear chat glass and they win shows and they go to Olympia. So it doesn't really make a difference. But in terms of um, what you should be spending, I always just say, stay within your budget. Do not go crazy on a bikini if you haven't got the money to do it because competing wraps up. You need shoes, tan, makeup, hair. As a woman in competing, it is expensive. And the one thing I will say though is if you're if you're going to compete and you're going to commit to competing, you're going to spend, I don't know obviously accurate prices are what anybody is, but if you're going to spend £100 a month on a coach and you're going to spend like 60 quid on supplements a month or whatever, and then you're going to pay for your show entry and you're going to pay for your membership and you're going to pay for shoes and you're going to pay for all the things that you need for show day, but then you fork out on either a secondhand bikini that doesn't fit or a really poorly made bikini or anything like that then that is your error there because like like i said a poorly fitted bikini is what's going to do your hindrance so if you need to make cutbacks get a well-fitted bikini at a lower level because that doesn't make a difference but the fit of the bikini does and that is the biggest stress i can i can say is shopping second hand as a first timer before you know what size you are in bodybuilding is very dangerous and the amount of girls we've had who have purchased a black ice bikini secondhand off somebody else, but didn't check their size in, and then have come to us and said, hey, this cup is too big for me, can you change it? I'm like, I can't, like, I physically can't change yeah. the cup size, it's just impossible. I might be able to help you on the bottoms. And then the nipples are out, and they spend yeah. this money on a secondhand bikini and there's nothing I can do for them. Yeah. Whereas if you'd come to me and bought a level one or even a plain bikini and decorated it yourself, you would have spent the same amount of money, but it would have fitted correctly and you could have even had more crystals on yourself. Because yeah. they take a lot of time. It's the individual placing of the crystals. Like, bikinis can take up to 16 hours to be made. So even wow. though your material costs are this much, our time is this much. So what yeah. we always recommend to students, especially who don't have a lot of income or don't have a lot of disposable cash, is buy a plain bikini and put the crystals on yourself. Um, because if you spend an hour every night for two weeks, you'll have a fully decorated bikini. Yeah, that that's amazing to hear that it takes that long. And, and of course it does, because the, the designs are incredible. But I guess as a male, I never really thought the time that goes into that's that. Why, that's why the turnaround six weeks, because yeah. if, we, if we're pushing out to 10 bikinis a week, in, in full in full impact yeah. season and I've got all all my six girls are booked out so I have to book my girls out on a bikini who work for me so if I give six bikinis out and I'm doing bikinis myself and my assistant is helping me so we can get 10 bikinis out of sister and then you're ordering too short a notice yeah we have to we have to slot you in which means I have to pay extra so that's why we have a rush fee so I sure. can I can bribe one of my workers hey I've got an extra bikini here who wants it I've got a rush fee payment here, so like I'll obviously yeah. like because we give all my workers have other jobs. Um, it works well with us that they use me as kind of their pocket money. Sure. So they all have their own form of income. They come to me for extra work. So obviously, I have to take into account that they may have kids or they may have jobs. Um, so I need to book them out for a week with just one bikini. Some girls are fortunate where if they're a teacher and they're on the six weeks holidays, they might say, "Hey, I'm good for two this week." So I can obviously get more out yep. to them. Yep. But 
this is why like they take a lot of time so obviously they'll work a full-time job and then they'll do like two hours an evening yeah. on my work so it does take a long time whereas that's what we're paying because i've then got to pay my staff yeah. and that'll cover the expenses whereas if you you know if you're a dab hand with a, a bit of glue and some crystals and like you're not going to go too crazy on it if you just want like a nice simple design you know and you've got the time to do it then of course definitely buy a plain bikini and decorate yourself and we'll even kind of give you a we've got videos on our instagram of how we've done it so it's not like we're hiding any hidden yeah. you know secret it's not difficult to do it's just very time consuming and obviously we we perfected our craft with the ombres and the other designs but as a student if or somebody who is trying to compete on a on a budget if you buy a plain bikini don't go crazy with the design just just pick a nice simple design get your crystals and just take your time with it and i'm sure you'll come out looking like you've just bought a level four from us uh, what i love is that and this i think this shows the type of person you are and how passionate you are about what you do is that not a lot of people would say that a lot of businesses out there might say oh no you need to buy our products you need to buy this but you're, you're pretty much saying to someone you know we know what it's like we've been there we've been in those shoes yeah. do the plane and i think that's that's a brilliant trait in, in yourself yeah, thank you we just uh like i always i don't know who i heard it off but i just like i always do live by it there's enough business to go around yeah. like we have we i think we hit 200 to 250 2019 obviously this has been a bit of a, a shitty year for sales and stuff but obviously if we're hitting about 250 girls a year and George is hitting about the same. And all the other bikinis are hitting. Like, how many girls do you think are competing? Yeah. And it only gets bigger and better. The more people compete and the more people that put it on social media, the more people who want to give it a go. So even though we have a great um, return customer rate, we get a lot of first-timers giving it a go. If anyone's watching on the video, the reason I just done that is because my hamstring just cramped. That was, oh. It was nothing to do with what you said, but literally my hamstring just went, because I trained legs earlier on. But listen, I think that's awesome. Um, everything that you said, like the whole episode, there's not been a single point where you've not been going into extreme detail about designing a bikini, choosing it. And I think that the listeners will get huge value from this. But one thing I always like to ask guests that come on, not to do with what we spoke about, any, to do with anything in life, could you give us an idea of just the biggest lesson that you've learned in life? And from that, is there any advice that you'd give anyone out there that maybe perhaps has went through the same? Um, I think the biggest thing in life is if you're not in, like the one thing I've learned is if you're not embarrassed by your first product or your first thing, um, then you started too late. So for instance, if you, you know, want to give a going a career in competing and you spend too much time thinking about it and researching it and like training for it. So you want to spend two years training for it to then get on stage. Like, I feel like that, I feel like you need to give things a go straight away. Um, and then learn from it so obviously like there's a big thing where me and, my, me and my athletes joke about the first time we stepped on stage and like how embarrassing the photos are and stuff but you're only ever going to learn by getting on stage and getting feedback and then moving on to the next show whereas if you train really hard for two years so you can be the best on stage at the time but then your pose is whack or whatever like then obviously you started a bit too late there like you should always be embarrassed by the first thing you ever do so like with me my first bikinis that I ever brought out was so embarrassing. Like I wouldn't even put my name to them now. I wouldn't even I couldn't even give them away to you if I wanted to. But I managed to sell them back then, and I I look at the quality of them to now, and I just think how I got away with it. But that's that's the whole point. Like if I had spent two years 
working out the finer details of my business to then launch it, I probably would have been already overtaken by some of like my business competitors now. Whereas, you know, I started then and I've learned mistakes as I go along and I'm still learning. So I just think if you are thinking thinking of giving competing, but you think that you might not be ready, just book your next show as soon as you can and then figure out. Just just train, just you know, do your posing lessons, do whatever you want to do, get the first show out of the way and then shrug it off and just think, right, well, that was an experience, on to the next one. Yeah, and I think you're so right that if you can't if you can't look back and laugh, how yeah. far have you actually come? And that's that's yeah, exactly it. What what you just said, I I always think when I look back to to my first stage shots as a physique guy, I go, oh, oh, I don't think I really look very good. But it's only because of where I'm at right now. So what you just said in regards to business or competing is so true. Um, now, what I'd like you to do is there'll be many people out there listening that if they don't already follow you or know about your website and things like that, they maybe want to get in touch. So I, I thought maybe you could could tell the listeners where they could where they could do that and how they could check out some of your products. Yeah, of course. So our biggest thing, obviously, is Instagram. It's where we upload most of our bikinis, and it's just the easiest way to get in touch with us because, obviously, the messages go direct to our phone. Um, so Black Ice Bikinis, with the S on the end, uh, on Instagram. That's the same on Facebook. Uh, if you want to email us, it is info at blackicebikinis.com, and our website, of course, is www.blackicebikinis.com. Fantastic. Now, I guess I should speak for my, my clients as well as the listeners and saying thank you for all the knowledge bombs the reassurance i suppose as well for first-time competitors yeah. as well as some knowledge bombs in there for season ones um that their first competitive season might not be as stressful after listening to this so a massive thank you for that um and i'm sure that i'll speak for yourself and me when we say to the listeners give it the beans <laughs>